Okay. So today I had a, you know, we're doing a topical series for right now, and I had a completely different one prepared. You know what I do is I have my notes and PowerPoint and all that kind of stuff, and I bring it to the church and then kind of get things ready. And then and I had it all. In fact, it was loaded in the computer, everything. And then um, during the worship, I, I felt that um, to do the one I was going to do next week, which is about trust. And usually what that tells me, I don't typically change things often unless I get that prompting, but usually it means to me that um, this is for someone. It might be more than one person, but typically when things change, I find that it's, you know, definitely for at least one person that God wanted to get this in this week rather than, than next week. And last week I talked about, I believe it was last week, about uh, honor, about uh, having relationships of honor and developing those. And, and the, where these connect and where they don't is that you don't, you don't have to trust somebody in order to honor them. You know, we can honor people out of their positional authority, uh, religious or governmental or whatever it may be, without uh, trusting them. But where they come together is, is when you do place trust in people, you are giving honor to them. It is an honoring thing to trust somebody because we don't have to trust people. And so when we, if we're going to have a, a meaningful relationship, it requires this significant level of trust. And the greater trust that we provide to people, the healthier will, that relationship will be. Do you find that to be true? Okay. So since trust demands... Um, elements of vulnerability and risk, the greater trust we give, the greater risk and the greater chance we have of trust being broken. But it's also true that the more trust we give, the greater joy we'll be able to experience through these trusting relationships. So today I want to look at the dynamics of trust in our relationship with, with the Lord and then our dynamics of trust in our relationship with others. And when we speak of, first of all, trusting God, we can rest assured that He, as the, as the recipient of our trust, will never break our hearts. He is perfectly trustworthy to receive all of our hearts. It's not even a risk to trust him, to trust him because he's always faithful. He's always proves faithful. And of course, there's many promises in the word of God regarding trust in the Lord. So let's take a look at some of them. When you trust in the Lord, his unfailing love will surround you. Psalm 32:10. Now this truth lends itself to the opposite as well, where a person who is unable or unwilling to fully trust God will not be fully surrounded by his love. Lack of trust, what lack of trust does, it pushes God away. Like the children of Israel, remember when, when God descends in Exodus, when he descends upon the mountain and his presence comes and the people say, I don't want anything to do. Moses, you go talk with this, this God. They didn't trust God and they, were, they, they told Moses to deal. They didn't want this um, personal involvement or personal relationship with the Lord. On the other hand, the more we trust in the Lord, the more of this protective love we find that will surround us. And so our personal intimate trust of the Lord is one of those areas that unlocks this, un, unlocks this surrounding, embracing, and, and provisional love that He has for us when we trust Him. And similar to any relationship, the more we're able to trust, the more love we're able to receive in return. You trust someone 
the more we're able love you're able to rec receive in return. And of course, God loves us unconditionally, but his protective love will increase as our trust level increases. The more we trust, the more that protective love. Another one in Scripture is Psalm 125.1. We actually sang that this morning. It was one of the reasons why I kind of sensed it was supposed to go this direction. When you trust in the Lord, you will not be shaken. Don't you like that? This has to do with confidence. That when we completely trust in the Lord with, all we, uh, with who we are, with what we have, our confidence will not be shaken no matter what happens around us. We won't be as apt to avoid difficult circumstances or difficult people the more we trust Him. We will be much more likely to confidently persevere through everything when our trust is rooted in God. Alvin and Melissa are a great example, and, and Luke and Amy are a great example of this, don't you think? I mean, don't you think that, that I mean, day after day for, what, two and a half months, they've trusted in the Lord? They're, they're, we're, they were not shaken. I mean, there was times I'm sure that you felt shaken, that you felt concerned, but nevertheless, you proved trustworthy and confidently persevered through everything because you placed your trust not in the circumstances, not even in the doctors, but in God, right? In the God himself, the God who heals. And I've shared on many occasions the four elements. The reason I use these four is because they're biblical uh, in nature, but the deserts and the storms and the fires and the prisons of life. If you take that study, desert, storms, prisons, and fires of life, and how people have gone through those things in order to purify, in order to build their character. And you guys have experienced that. Have you not? Didn't it feel at times like you're in the desert, like you're in the prisons, the confining prisons, like the fiery heat of, of life and the, the storms of the sea? And so I can't see what God is, has, has made of you guys. Just, I'm just picking on you guys right now, your family, because that's what he does, you know. He doesn't cause the things to happen, but he builds us up in the process, and he builds our character. And all of us who have prayed for you and all of us who have supported you, I believe God does the same thing with us as we learned that, hey, this one is worthy to be trusted no matter what. Right? <laughs> When you trust in the Lord, you will be kept safe. Proverbs 25, uh, 29, 25. Jesus prayed for us in John 17. A little bit different prayer than what uh, some would pray today. But he said that, he prayed that we would not be taken out of the world. But that we would be kept from the evil one. And that's what trust accomplishes, you see. Trust keeps us safe in the middle of things. It doesn't try to get out of temptation or trials or anything like that or the attacks of the enemy. It says it protects us in the very midst of those because our tendency under in temptation, trials, uh, attacks of the enemy, our tendency is to, is to focus on them, but trusting the Lord changes that, changes that we're not looking at the circumstances, we're not looking at the temptation or the, or the attacks of the enemy, or all these different kinds of things where maintaining our trust keeps us focused on He who is trustworthy despite of the, th the things that are going on around us. Another, Isaiah 26.3, when you trust in the Lord, you will be kept in perfect peace. This is another one of those things where the opposite is true. That lack of trust often will leave us in fear and in 
stress. And the Lord's desire is to fill us with peace, the kind that we know it says in Philippians that is beyond our understanding, that kind of peace that, that replaces fears and, and, and the overwhelming presence of stress. And trusting the Lord keeps us in his peace, which means good indicators that you are not trusting God. Because everybody would say, well, of course I trust God. Well, good indicators that you're not. See, we're talking seasonally. Of course, you're a believer. You tr have placed your trust and reliance upon God. But in, when you're, certain seasons, the indicators that you're not trusting Him is when you're experiencing anger and frustration and disillusionment and stress and fear and all those different kinds of things. However, when you see those indicators in your life, don't lose heart and give up. You can actually use them to drive you back to God. You can actually use those things to say, wait a minute. If I'm experiencing anger right now, if I'm experiencing fear and anxiety or worry or, or disillusionment or anything like that, then that means I'm not at peace. And God has promised me peace. He said, if you trust in me, I will keep you in my perfect peace. So I'm not trusting God here. So the, we can use those things to pull us back, drive us back into, into the Lord. You see, sometimes we rely too, too much about feelings where God has created our emotions. Other, other times people rely too much on the brain where they don't have any kind of emotional connection uh, with the Lord or with others. But God has created both of, both of these things. And oftentimes it takes that mental, like I've shared before, you know, when I get the feeling of regret, you know, because I don't know if you've ever made any mistakes, but I have. And I regret them. I mean, I, I, and sometimes it starts to come and I feel like, okay, if I entertain this, it feels like this uh, oppression and, and, and disillusionment is going to hit me if I entertain regret. And what, what happens when depression comes, is, when you entertain depression, then it leads in, then you start going deeper and deeper in this thing and you feel like you're overwhelmed. And, and so what happens when the first moment my mind entertains regret, and believe me, it happens at times. I mean, I have a lot of things that, that stupid things I've done over the years. I'm like, man, if I only didn't do that. Soon as I start thinking like that, I stop it. I say, oh, no, I'm not going there. That's a mental decision. That's a decision that I'm making to, to try to stop those emotional attacks in my life. And so God uses both of those. And if we can take those things and use such indicators like that, those, those things and more, to drive us back to God, I think it's going to be helpful in our lives. Isaiah 26, 4, the very next verse. He'll keep us in his perfect peace, but when you trust in the Lord, he will be uh, your rock. And so we know the story about Jesus, you know, the wise man built his house upon the rock. You know, that's, you know that song? That's out of the Bible, of course. And uh, when, when, the, the, so the, it was the, the, the one where the, you know, the, everything came down, it was on the poor foundation. But those who are wise built their house upon the rock, and they withstand the storms that surely come. And so it's God who is our rock. The Lord Jesus is our rock. And he gives us this solid foundation. We sang about that in that same song, when we trust in him, when we rely upon him. And so dependence upon independence keeps us on the sinking sand, building on sinking sand. We're independent, and we're proud to be independent. I mean, we're Americans. You know, we got to do everything ourselves, and we slowly sink in that independence. Dependence is not a bad thing. It's dependence upon God who is our rock. And so he secures us to himself. 
When you trust in the Lord, he will help you and shield you. I like this because a shield you find in battle. You find in war. You find soldiers holding up shields to thwart off the attacks of the enemy. And trust initiates God's protection in times of spiritual warfare to where when the enemy's arrows are coming at us and flying at us, he is our shield. He becomes this impenetrable shield in times of trouble. Amen. When you trust in the Lord... With all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, he will direct your paths. So there's a qualifying factor in this verse. The qualification is trusting in your Father in heaven with all your heart. That means not being half-hearted. All your heart means... All your heart, half-hearted, what half-hearted does is it, it, it places some trust in God, but some trust in other things or in your own ability to figure out things or your own mindset or your own circumstances or the wisdom of man. It's partial trust. We're called to fully trust. And when we do, he promises to direct our paths. We all want direction. One of the reasons I think we often don't get direction, we don't get it, is because we have partial trust. It's not complete trust. We, we're still trying to figure out things. And, and, and we all need the hand of God to 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 lead us toward his will and his ways and his trust that gets us there. And so when we're able to stop trusting our own understanding, that says it right there, lean, you know, lean not unto your own understanding. When we're able to stop doing that, God promises to take us where we need to go. Left on our own, we're far too often going to miss that path, miss that pathway. And you know, I remember, I remember after couple of times of making mistakes and stuff. Um, I, I, remember, I remember the Lord showing me something, and it was like, I wish I could draw this, but it was, like, it was like I'm going down this pathway, and all of a sudden I veer off this way. I'm missing the mark. I'm not following, you know, this is his will. This is his ways. This is the race that we're in, okay? And I go this way. Now, so I've, I discover it, and I, and, I, and I confess, and I want, you know, I want to go back, and I'm thinking that I can just take a 90 degree and hit back up here. And I'm like, no, you got to go back this way again. you got to start back where you were. <laughs> That's part of the process. That's part of the healing. Now, here's the thing that then he showed me. Now, listen, when you humble yourself, because it takes humility to start over, you want to go back up here. But when you come back here and meet him where you left, meet him and start to trust him again, he propels you far beyond anywhere you could have gone to the begin with. That's the amazing God. He makes up for the time you lost. I love God. I, I love him. I don't know about you, but I love the Lord. I know. When you trust the Lord, you will be blessed. Don't you want blessing? <laughs> I... Uh, I mean, I pray that Jabez prayer a lot because it's like, bless me, Lord. I mean, I want to be blessed by God. And trusting God, look at that, is what unlocks the door of blessing. It's the message of Malachi 3 in the context of trusting God in the area of tithing, that when we demonstrate our trust uh, to give him back 10% of what our income, then he opens up his floodgates of blessing. Just one example of, of, of trusting God and him blessing us in our lives. Here's a long one, uh, Jeremiah 17, 8. When you trust in the Lord, you will be like a tree planted by the water. You will not fear when the heat comes. Your leaves will always open. You will have no worries in a year of drought, and you will never fail 
to bear fruit. Aren't those powerful promises? See, when we feel the heat of the pressures and stresses of life, in other words, when it feels like there's this drought and it's just dry, trust is what sees you through. Trust is like that healthy tree that is always bearing fruit. Trust also spares us from worry. So that's another indicator, by the way, of when we're not trusting God, when we're filled with worry and confusion. So when we place our confidence and trust in the Lord, worry really has, has no room anymore. Worry is not from God, by the way. Did you know that? It's not. It's part of fear. Worry is a, is a derivative of fear. And so perfect love casts out fear. Trust is part of love. We trust God because we love God. And therefore, we have no room for worry in our lives. And then finally, when we trust in the Lord, we're going to be filled with joy and peace and overflowing hope. I like those three things. Trust delivers it. Trust delivers those things. We're happy, we're content through trust, and we're at peace and overflowing hope instead of despair, instead of hopelessness. Our very lives will be characterized by joy because the Lord tells us that in, uh, the Bible tells us that in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. And it's through trusting Him that we're led further and deeper into His presence. And I think we all have moments where God has stretched us in this area of trusting the Lord. I remember back, it's been a long, long time ago, but when we lived in San Diego, and, and I, was, uh, I had come out of being a commodities broker, so I had a lot of money, and I had a lot of physical silver. Silver at the time was $6 an ounce. I wish I would still have that silver. But anyway, that's a regret. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, not, that one's not really. But anyway, so I have all this silver. I have big house. Rent, we're renting. We didn't buy, buy it at that time. But huge, big old house in, in, in San Diego, uh, brand new neighborhood and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, I don't, suddenly I don't have a job. So I'm driving down the freeway and uh, on what 15 or whatever freeway that was and um, looking for, and, and I, I'm coming up with this, business idea you know I was in sales and I was trying to think of the next thing you know and and so I'm thinking about this idea and I think oh this is this is good I I think I can make money selling this or whatever find the right people to connect with and stuff and the Lord spoke to me very clearly he says why are you trying to figure out everything for yourself when I'm trying to strip you of everything and he used the word strip and it was just like oh man I knew exactly what he meant I got home I told Trish I said, I, you know, that stash of silver we, we have is going to be gone. You know, this house we have, it's not going to be here anymore. And just within a matter of a few months, uh, he stripped us of everything. We went to this, um, we went from this situation in San Diego to this ghetto apartment in Corona. And uh, I mean, it was like star. It was like not. It was just unbelievable. It's like nobody wants to live in that place, and uh, that's where we lived. But that was the door to future ministry. I mean, it didn't take place for a few years, about four years from that time. But that's what unlocked it: that willingness to be stripped by the Lord, because all I knew is is I am going to trust Him. So that's just one example. I mean, it's it's. It's difficult because we live in this culture of independence, and, uh, and, 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 and trust is something that stretches us out of our comfort zone. 
You know, and I could have run from that. I could have, I'm not being stripped of my silver. I'm not leaving this house. You know, I'm going to find a way to make this work. I could have done that, but it stretches us out. It, but it's actually something that's crucial for us to receive all that God has for us. He wants to stretch us out of our comfort zone. And, and, and it's not a risk, as I said before, it is not a risk to trust God because he's always faithful. So for him to speak those words to me, it was like, well, I love you, Lord. I don't understand what you're saying to me, but I fully and completely trust you for that. And it opened up the door for other tests, <laughs> for other fires <laughs> that we had to endure. But it's all good. It's all good because we are better for it. So that's trusting God. What about, the tr what about trusting others? Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that we're not on the same level as God in the area of faithfulness and trustworthiness. You know, we, we, we extend our trust to others and we get burned. They let us down. They disappoint us. They break our hearts. What, what kind of joy can be found in that? Well, Jesus said that a person can demonstrate no greater love than to what? Lay down his life for the person. And I might add, even a person that doesn't deserve it. Jesus also said that God, the Father, so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. So that means that we are left with a decision to either accept or reject his gift, his sacrifice of his Son. And so for us, trust is this willingness to open our lives to one another and accept whatever consequences may come from such vulnerability. And I never said they might, that they're always good. But therein lies the joy. You see, the joy of being like Jesus toward others where our hearts are not being served, but we're, our hearts are filled because we're serving one another. Trust is part of serving people. And it's laying our lives down for one another for the sake of love. Not because a person deserves it, but we're laying our lives down for the sake of love, for the sake of the king, for the sake of the kingdom. And it's not to say that it's joyful when trust is broken. God is saddened, grieved when he's rejected, when people reject him. And we too suffer great pain when trust is broken, when people disappoint us, when people take advantage of us. In fact, how many times have we said or we've heard someone say, I'll never trust again? But it's way too drastic to say that or think that because trust is a necessary ingredient in healthy relationships. And so God has created us to be interdependent upon one another, which means we have to extend trust. We have to run the risk of being let down again. Otherwise, we're not going to have a healthy relationship. Otherwise, we close up like that. You know, we become closed. Well, I'll never trust again. I'll never, I'll never. It's a trap by the enemy to keep us in that never situation but when we find these these relationships where there's mutual trust where there's mutual honor and and it, it brings joy it, it's a fulfilling relationship when i'm able to trust you and to respect you and to honor you and then you're able to give me trust respect and honor that's a relationship that can bear fruit that's joyful that's pleasing to the lord and let me tell you something about god he's a lot of fun he is not a religious, boring, rules and regulations type of God that the enemy would like to paint. He likes to have parties. Have you read the Bible? 
I mean, the Old Testament is filled with parties and festivals and, and celebrations, right? Filled with them. And then in the New Testament, do you remember all the stories Jesus told about parties? I mean, he was using that as analogies, but he talked about celebration, people being filled with joy. Parties and festivals and celebrations imply relationships of joy, relationships that are vulnerable rather than closed, relationships of, of mutual dependence rather than independence. They imply relationships of self-sacrificing rather than self-serving. They imply relationships where we do not have to be right all the time, but we have to be loving and forgiving and filled with grace. And when we truly are for each other, you know? You know what it's like to be for someone? You're really for them. Do they, do they deserve it? Not necessarily, but you're for them. When we're for each other, that can build a strong foundation in that relationship. Then we take it to the next levels. What are the next levels after, after, after this being for someone? Vulnerability, mutual dependence, self-sacrifice, honor, those kinds of things. And then we're able to enter into that joy of that relationship that the Father desires. And then if we go back to this area of developing a trusting relationship with God, there may be some here today that feel as if your desire is fading. And maybe why I'm supposed to bring this today, I don't know. But in some ways, maybe you've allowed deep desires in your heart to grow weak within you because you haven't seen the connection between what God desires and what you desire. You have desires, but you're not sure of what God desires. And many of the things within you, we need to realize that they've been placed there by, by the Lord. And that the more we enter into a trust-filled relationship with God, the more your desires will come true. The more your dreams will be fulfilled. You see, the Bible says, one of my favorite verses, Karen, it's, is my favorite verse. I declare that. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And the reason that's, I still have that little plaque. You can see it if you come to my house today. A little plaque is uh, my, delight thyself, it's King James, in the Lord, and He will give thee the desires of your heart, or something like that. But that was in my, when I was a little boy, it was in our house, so I still have it. Because delight has to do with joy. Same derivative, the word. In other words, be filled with joy in, relationship, in your relationship with your Father by trusting Him. That's how you get to joy. So trust in the Lord. Be filled with joy in your relationship, and He's going to give you your heart's desires. Why? Why is that so? Well, I've shared this before, but it's so important. I'm going to share it again. The significance of this is so important. Listen, the more you place your delight in the Lord, the more of His heart you begin to feel. And the more of his will and ways become your will and ways. He then gives you the desires of your heart because your heart is more like his to such a degree that you desire what he desires. Does that make sense? He changes your heart. You fall in love with him and, 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 and you place you and you delight in him and your joy is in him and you trust in him. And all of a sudden, his desires are the very things that you want in your life. And that's why he gives you the desires of your heart. He doesn't say, delight yourself in the Lord and I'm going to give you whatever you want. He doesn't say that to a carnal, uh, self-centered person. 
He's saying, delight yourself in the Lord, and I will give you the desires of your heart because you've delighted in me. Delight. You have your joy is in me. Your trust in me. Your full love is in me. And I, as that process continues in your life, I'm going to change your heart to such a degree that everything you desire is going to be what I desire for you. And of course I'm going to give it whatever you want because your heart is right. So we need, simply need to... Phil, if you want to come up, we simply need to let go. Have you ever heard that old saying in the 70s, let go and let God? Anyway, we need to let go and trust our Father in heaven. Allowing ourselves to be dependent upon him, trusting him, so much that, that we're confident that he will birth that which is him within us. He, he, he's going to give birth to the seeds of, of himself within us. So let's stand together. We're going to worship and we're going to, we have a communion uh, this morning. A couple of you don't need to stand, okay? You know who you are. Not you, Richard. You need to stand. <laughs> um, here, here's, here's where I'm thinking that we can take to the Lord in prayer during communion this morning couple things. First of all, where um, some of you may need to release, ask the Lord to release you from people that have burned you or people that have let you down or broke your heart. You may have to ask the Lord to release you from, from someone who's disappointed to you, disappointed you. And you may be you may need to be willing to risk again. Maybe not with that specific person. Because that's not often possible, but with people in general. Because what we do is when we're burnt, disappointed, burnt, let down, broken heart, we, we declare it to everyone, I will never again. Now, you fill in the blank. I will never again with everyone. So we want to ask the Lord to, to help release us from this emotional and mental bondage. And then the other area is that some of you may have indicators in your life that point to lack of trust, where in a specific situation, there's, there's a fear, stress, anxiety, anger, worry, something like that is going on in a, in a, in a relationship or in a circumstance, and um, in your relationship with the Lord, in relationship with other people or both, Something like that, and it's indicating that you're not trusting the Lord. And so you want to take that into prayer or have someone else pray for you to let, let that serve as, a, as a, uh, a, a way to bring you back into full trusting in the Lord. So as we take communion, you can take it on an individual basis with a spouse or family, however you want to do this. But if you want further prayer as we as we worship and as we take communion in these areas, please ask uh, uh, someone to pray for you. If, you're, if you need to be released from, uh, um, from these things that have, that, have, that have harmed your emotional and mental state. And so, Father, we just come before you today, and Lord, those that have broken our hearts or disappointed us, those that have abused our relationship or burned us in, in some way or taken advantage of, of us or, or, or hurt us financially in some way, just all those different ways, God, that can, God, I pray that you would teach us how to release 
these people um, so that we can, so that we can um, trust again other people, so that we can get into meaningful and healthy relationships and not have the experience of one relationship destroy further relationships. And Lord, in the areas or specific area right now that's occurring in our life or relationship where, where we're filled with worry or, or stress or, or disillusionment, God, I pray that you would help us to teach us to push us back into that level of trust because that's an indicator that we're not trusting you. So, God, we, re, we, we take communion today with these things in mind to lead us back into trusting you more deeply and into trusting one another and believing the best about people, God. We bless your name.